Bible reading this evening comes from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, beginning to read at the first verse. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life, then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Put yourself in Ezekiel's shoes as he wanders round the valley full of dry bones. It's 
God leads him to and fro, looking everywhere for some sign of life. But there's nothing. No matter where he looks, all he can see is dry bones. Nothing stirs, nothing breathes, nothing moves. Can't even hear the birds singing. It is a place of desolation. The silence is oppressive and the stillness eerie. Once these bones were living human beings, but now all that is left are the scattered remains of these unburied skeletons. He is surrounded by death. And then a voice breaks into the silence and poses Ezekiel a question. Son of man, can these bones live? And having wandered up and down the valley and seen not the remotest sign of life, the obvious answer is no, of course not. Nothing Ezekiel can see gives any indication that life could return to these bones. The seed is one of utter desolation. So if he were to rely on what he could see, the answer would be, no, of course not. But because the voice he can hear speaking to him is the voice of God, he's a bit more cautious than that. Sovereign Lord, he replies, you are the only one who knows the answer to that question. Ezekiel has enough faith and understanding to recognise that there is more to reality than what he can see with his own eyes. And the voice speaks to him again, telling him to prophesy to the bones. He is to tell these lifeless bones that they have to listen to the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord will bring them life. And the Lord promises that he will make breath enter them and he will raise them back to life again, reconnecting them with tendons, recovering them with flesh and skin, letting them know that he is the Lord. I don't know whether he felt a bit of a wally doing it, but Ezekiel did as he was told and he began to speak to the bones. And the first thing that happens is that he hears a noise. There's a rustling, a rattling sound going on somewhere around him as as bones begin to stir. And he hears it before he sees it. But then as he looks, he can see bodies beginning to take shape. These are no longer scattered bones. They are reassembling themselves. Flesh and skin is is appearing on them. And, And what he sees now is no longer a valley full of dismembered skeletons, but what he sees is a valley full of bodies, but they're all dead. They remain completely lifeless. And the disturbance caused by the sound causes equal to pause as he was prophesying. He didn't quite get to the end. So God says, well, carry on. Keep on prophesying what I told you to say. Prophesy to the breath. Command the breath of God to come from the four winds of heaven and enter these dead bodies that they may live. Ezekiel had been told to do that in the first place, of course, but maybe he was so surprised by what was happening around him that he stopped He was interrupted by the noise of the bones reassembling him. 
Maybe he stopped only having said that God would make tendons and flesh and skin come upon the bones. The Lord has to prompt him to continue by prophesying that the breath of God would enter these dead bodies and bring them to life. And again, as Ezekiel responds to what he's heard, unseen, the breath of God comes from the four winds of heaven and enters these dead bodies. Again, he probably can't quite see where it all begins or how it all happens, but by the time he's finished, the valley is full of living men standing on their feet. And what was once just a massive pile of bones scattered everywhere is now a vast army. God has done the impossible and brought dead, dry bones back to life again. And Ezekiel had been absolutely right to be cautious when the Lord first asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? This is perhaps the earliest and clearest picture we have of resurrection in the Old Testament. It's a vivid representation of God bringing dead people back to life. Actually, we can't be sure whether at this stage in Israelite history people even believed in the resurrection of the dead. It was a kind of dimension to their faith that evolved over a period of time. This time, if they thought of any kind of post-mortem existence where people had died, it was most likely some kind of disembodied shadow, not really living at all. It was a prospect from which they tended to recoil. If you lived on at all, you lived on through your children. That's what they thought. So this vision of dry bones, reassembling themselves, being connected with sinews and tendons, covered with flesh and skin and animated by the breath of God, this was breaking new ground. This was a whole new idea. Actually, some of us, it's a bit like watching that scene from... um, the film The Time Machine, H.G. Wells' Time Machine, you see the kind of bodies uh, coming back again and reassembling themselves. It's a bit gruesome. We may not prefer to manage it in too much detail. But while Ezekiel gives us a vivid picture of resurrection, the dead coming to life, actually he's not talking about resurrection at all in the sense of dead people coming to life again. He envisages God doing the impossible and bringing the dead back to life, but in its application, the imagery refers to God rescuing his people from the depths of despair into which they had fallen. Ezekiel isn't saying, hey everybody, there is life after death after all. He's saying, imagine the impossible. God bringing dry bones back to life again. That is a picture of God rescuing his people from the depths of despair doing what seemed to be utterly impossible to them. They felt they'd gone beyond the point of no return. They felt that there was nothing left to live for. They'd given up all hope. On the inside, they were dead already. And they were saying, our bones have dried up. Our hope is gone. We're cut off. In their minds... They were completely and utterly defeated. It's interesting the order in which they express their despair. Our bones have dried up. Our hope is gone. We're cut off. Imagine, imagine this is is more real than it was, imagine the army of men in the valley who had been there before they were killed and the 
the flesh rotted away and the bones were left. Imagine the army of men in the valley when they realized that their defeat and death were inevitable. They would have said those words in reverse order. We are cut off. Our hope is gone. Our bones are dried up. For them, the idea that they were cut off, that there was no escape, there was no hope of survival, the only fate awaiting them was death, that is the order in which they would have said those things. But the despair of the people of Israel reversed the order, meant the place of defeat and death was in their minds. They didn't lose hope and face death because they were cut off. In their hearts, they were dead already. There was no hope. They had a completely defeatist outlook. Like Ezekiel, surveying the valley of dry bones, they saw no sign of life, nothing to hope for. In their hearts, they were saying, our bones have dried up. There is no life. Our hope is gone. There's nothing worth carrying on for. We're cut off from God. There is absolutely nothing to live for. And their outlook was so comprehensively negative that for God to change it was as major an operation as bringing the dead back to life again. But that's what this vision is all about. It's about God replacing an outlook of despair with his life-giving spirit. God bringing life to those who feel there is nothing worth living for. As I said this morning, we just finished celebrating the season of Easter, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And that is a a hope which we need to embrace and hold on to because it's valid for all of us. Throughout the season of Easter, we've we've celebrated how Jesus is risen and reflected on the truth that because Jesus lives, we will live as well. It is good news that this life is not all there is. God has prepared something so much better for us to come. And that really is good news as far as our ultimate destiny is concerned. But what about here and now? What about the present? That's where Ezekiel's vision is focused. And the good news is that as we leave the season of Easter behind, and as we celebrate the coming of the Spirit with the season of Pentecost, that doesn't mean we lose sight of resurrection. Because the Spirit's role is to bring some of that future resurrection life into our present experience here and now. Bringing hope where there is no hope. Bringing love where there is no love. Paul says outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Then we will see God face to face. The Spirit enables us to catch glimpses of God here and now. Then we will be perfect. The Spirit changes us morally and enables us to live a new life here and now. Then we will be glorious. Even now we're being changed from one degree of glory to another. The Spirit's role is to bring some of the blessings of the future life into our present experience. And the God who will raise us up from the darkness of death in the future by the resurrection of his Son raises us up in the present from the darkness of despair by the gift of his Spirit to us. There are times when we look around 
and we see so much that is wrong and bad, it's easy to feel pulled down towards despair. And on dark days, we may find ourselves saying in our hearts, it's just no good. My bones have dried up. I've lost hope. I feel completely cut off and abandoned. And it's then that God speaks his word into our ear and says, no, that's not true. God says to his people, I am going to open your graves and bring you back. I'm going to put my spirit in you and you are going to live. And then you will know that I am the Lord. I am the one who has spoken to you. I am the one who will do this for you. Sometimes walking by faith, not by sight, is not giving in to the blackness of what we see, but listening to the voice of God who speaks words of life and assurance and love and salvation in our hearts. Sometimes it's just a whisper. Sometimes it's just a sense that the the blackness is not all there is. That God is there. And maybe you feel a slight stirring in your spirit in response to those words. Perhaps a faint glimmer of life or of hope. You may not be sure, even. But Ezekiel, standing in that valley, wasn't too sure when he first heard a sound of rustling somewhere as he began to speak God's word of truth to the dry bones, that what was that he heard? What was going on? But as he carried on, the noise grew louder, and it was unmistakable. Lifeless bones were being reassembled into bodies. And it took time. There was time for him to pause, to wait, and still find himself in a valley of death, surrounded not by skeletons anymore, but by a mass of dead bodies. It was only as he continued to prophesy that the Spirit entered these bodies and brought them life. The process of reanimation took time. And Ezekiel had to keep on speaking out the words that God had given him before the dry bones had been transformed into a living army filled with the spirit of the living God, before defeat had been transformed into the potential for victory. And there are times where we just need to go over what God has said, to repeat the words in our minds, to hold on to them, to rehearse them, to keep going over them, until such time as we begin to see them coming true again for us. When you can't see any good, keep listening for the word of God. Perhaps your outlook has been bleak over the past few, well, how long has it been? Weeks, months, years, even longer. Nothing but dry bones anywhere you look. But there's been a question in your mind, is this it? Or could God 
say or do something. And maybe you felt the slightest of stirrings in your soul. Well, don't give up. The fact that you are listening to this sermon at all is a sign that you are reaching out to God in some way. Continue to listen for his life-giving word as he speaks truth, love, salvation, hope into your situation. Because no matter how bad it is, God hasn't finished with you yet. There is still stuff he wants to do with you and for you and within you. Maybe you just feel too tired and worn out to do anything, too old or exhausted or drained or depressed or ill. But the God who is speaking is the God who turns a valley of dry bones into a mighty army. Who knows what he could yet do in your situation? The Spirit is God's antidote to the D words, dismayed, demoralised, discouraged, Disappointed, demotivated, deflated, defeated. But the Lord sends his spirit down from heaven to enter these slain, that they may live. So don't keep on looking around you at all those dry bones. Look up and listen and pray. Lord, send me your life-giving spirit. Lift me up from the grave and bring me back to you. I want to know that you are the God of life. You are the God of my life for whatever the future may hold and for eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, when we see nothing that is good, by your grace and your mercy, would you speak a word to us? that we can receive as a sign that we belong to you. That you will not abandon us. That life is worth living. That you are with us. Wherever we find ourselves, Lord, lift us And enable us to be people who walk by faith in you and in your word, not by sight. To find strength and hope and peace and life that are not our own, but come from you, the living God, to whom we belong. Release your spirit into our lives, we pray. For we ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus, who loves us and gave himself for us.
Amen.